Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In his short essay, Plato's Doctrine of Truth, Martin Heidegger is engaging with the famous Platonic allegory of the cave, and he's asking and answering this really important question, one that is all too easy for us to take for granted, because it's one of those things that we all know the answer to, at least if we studied the allegory, say, in an intro class. What is the allegory of the cave fundamentally about? And it's made even true trickier because Plato has already given us what looks like the definitive interpretation of the allegory of the cave. And Heidegger here is going to suggest that all of that is true, all of that is relevant, but there's actually more to the picture than Plato is giving us. As a matter of fact, he's trying to tell us that there is a transformation, a metaphysical and cultural transformation in the very conception, the very human approach to truth that runs not only through Plato, but from Plato all the way down to the late modern present. So we want to start out by looking at what it is that Heidegger is, is saying orients study. And he begins by talking about what does this story mean? It says Plato himself provides the answer. He has the interpretation immediately follow the story. And then he tells us about that for a bit. And we get this, what he calls an allegorical correspondence between shadows and fire and things and all these interesting parts of the story that I think most of us are already very familiar with. And if you're not, you want to go and check out Plato's allegory, then come back to this. So Heidegger is going to tell us the allegorical correspondences that we've enumerated, he runs through a number of those, between the shadows and realities experienced every day, between the radiance of the cave fire and the light in which the habitual and closest reality stands, between things outside the cave and the ideas, the sun, the highest idea. He says, these correspondences do not exhaust the content of the allegory. So what does he mean by saying that? There's more to the story. There's, there's a greater, let's call it interpretation, understanding, that we can actually derive from it, but it's going to take some work to do that. And you notice that I've put things on the board in this way with Plato on one side and Heidegger on the other. I don't do this to suggest that Heidegger is opposed to Plato. I'm saying that Heidegger is showing us something else that is there in Plato, but is not being sufficiently emphasized. So we could say that the allegory of the cave is really about two things. It's about... Paideia, this Greek term that we're going to talk about in just a moment, which you, you can understand as education. Heidegger makes the case that the German Bildung is closer to it. And then we have Aletheia, which we can generally translate as truth. But Heidegger is going to have a different interpretation, a different rendering of that term that he says is closer to its, its root. So what's the contrast here? Plato himself tells us that the allegory of the cave really is about paideia and its opposite, apaideosa. Having an education or being educated and being uneducated, being uncultivated, you might say. Heidegger is going to tell us that that's true, 
But the allegory of the cave is also equally about truth. And it's not only about truth, it's about a transformation in the understanding of truth, a transformation in the human approach to truth. So Heidegger tells us some really interesting things here about education in relation to Plato. He says that the reason for this process of becoming educated, why it has to be a gradual process, he says, is that the turning around that's involved, there's a turning the soul around, it has to do with one's being and thus takes place in the very ground of one's essence. Now, Plato is going to use this, this language of the soul. Heidegger is going to talk more about the human being and what his or her essence is, but it's, it's really all the same idea here. So he goes, goes on and he says that what paideia is, is the process whereby the human essence is reoriented. That's a really key idea, reoriented and accustomed to the region assigned to it at each point. The idea is that as we are becoming educated, it's not just an influx of knowledge. It's not just being provided with skills. It's not something that could be reduced to algorithms. Instead, it is a transformation of the human being but not a transformation in the sense that we're like being turned from lead into gold, you know, from one substance to another. Rather, we are finding parts of ourself or even the whole of ourself being, you might say, turned inside out or turned in a different direction. That's one part, reorientation. But then this being accustomed to the region assigned it. And this is this is something that Heidegger is going to point out is really a, an important part of the allegory of the cave, that things take a certain amount of time. So he says, this is what Plato calls paideia. And he says, the word does not lend itself to being translated as Plato defines its essence. Paideia means, and here we have some Greek terms, periagoge holes tes psuches. So what that means is a turning around, a, a driving in a different direction of the entirety of the soul, or if we want to say the mind or the essence of the human being. Heidegger characterizes this as guiding the whole human being and turning around in his or her essence. So he says this means that paideia, education, if we want to translate it as that, is a movement of passage. It's not something that it consists, say, in certifications. It's not something that we can have uh, wonderful theories about that we teach in education departments. Rather, it's something that is involving the human being at his or her core. So he likens this to the German Bildung, which is often translated as education or culture. And he says that this is a nice cognate, it's close to it, but it's not entirely the same. He says that what we have to do is concentrate on the original meanings. And, and Bildung is useful. Bildung comes from this word for image, build, right? So he says we have to forego the misinterpretation of it. It means two things. On the one hand, formation means forming people in the sense of impressing on them a character that unfolds. But at the same time, this forming of people, and this is what he takes as being particularly platonic and also characteristic of Western metaphysics since Plato, we have the role of what we can call a paradigmatic image or a prototype, a forebuild in German, right? So he says formation means impressing a character on people, but using a paradigm to do that. If you know your Plato, this probably sounds very much like 
platonic forms at this point. And you would be entirely correct in, in assuming that. There is one other thing that Heidegger stresses that I think is really important about this paideia aspect. He says that paideia is a movement of passage from apaideusia into paideia, from a lack of education into education or formation or whatever we want to call it. So the last thing that I'll say about this part is Heidegger says genuine education takes hold of our very soul, transforms it in its entirety by first of all, leading us to the place of our essential being and accustoming us to it. So it doesn't just lead us to a place. It has to remain with us in that place and help us get used to it help us learn how to get by in that place. And what is that place? It's what is most essential to us. So the allegory of the cave works in part by saying that at the start, we don't actually know what's essential to us. We're mistaken about that. And as education proceeds, I'm taking the person out of the cave up into the sunlight where they see real things rather than merely shadows, they are finding what is most essential. And they are coming out of apiodosia. But this connection remains, and that's very important to, to not lose sight of. Let's talk now about truth. So Heidegger says that the allegory of the cave illustrates the essence of education. And then he says, listen, that's fine, but I want to do something else with it. I want to add a bit to the interpretation here. He says, we're now going to attempt an interpretation that points out a platonic doctrine, a teaching about truth, about aletheia, truth. So he says, is this a illegitimate move? Are we burdening the allegory with something foreign to it? Are we adding something that we shouldn't be adding here? Are we doing violence to the text? And he says, no, we're not doing that because what's going to be revealed in this, of course, Heidegger has done this already ahead of time so he can say this, is what he calls the hidden law governing what the thinker says about this transformation in the very essence of what truth is taken to be, how truth is understood. So Heidegger is saying that there is a understanding of truth prior to Plato that the Greeks had, and that after Plato and all the way through Western metaphysics, we're going to find this transformed understanding of truth, this transformed interpretation governing things, and that it's particularly there in Plato, in this very allegory of the cave. What are we moving away from? Heidegger says that the essence of truth really is originally something that we can call unhiddenness. And this is coming from the word aletheia, right? Lethe refers to what is hidden or what is forgotten or what is covered up. He enumerates a number of different ways that this forgetting or covering or hiddenness can, can occur. Ah is a privative, it's taking away. So it's bringing something out of its hiddenness into visibility, into the light, into intelligibility, making it present for us. And this is what Heidegger takes as being really essential to truth before Plato and all the metaphysicians get their hands on it. After they get their hands on it, he says, it gets turned into something different. There are several different ways of characterizing this. Adequatio intellectus ad re is a scholastic way, an adequation or correspondence between the mind, the intellectus, and the things. 
We might also substitute a similar, you know, adequation or correspondence between language and things or language and the mind or pick whatever we like. But that's a very different conception of truth. And he says that the allegory is changing this. So he says, the question we want to ask going forward is from what perspective does Plato approach his determination of the essence of unhiddenness? How does Plato make sense out of truth as something dynamic, something that happens, not just something that's possessed by, say, statements, but something that we can encounter, something that we can find within ourselves? When we look at things in this way, we're going to see that the Platonic conception of Paideia is going to be connected with this Platonic conception of Aletheia, and that these two are going to be connected together in the allegory and in subsequent Western metaphysics. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.